0: Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We are the official Monster Jam podcast. This week, we are joined by one half the wildly popular Team Scream racing team. So we go to Michigan on the Great Clips hotline to welcome in Jim and Chris Kohler. Gentlemen, welcome to Inside Monster Jam. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So let's uh, start, let's go back to the beginning, uh, Jim, 1997 uh, banner year for you, first year in the business. Talk about how you started this crazy 26 year journey that you've been on.
2: Well, you know, I, I've been a fan of monster trucks for a long time and I was a mud racer and did a lot of off-road stuff, just fiddling around. And uh, I was at a lot of shows where I see monster trucks and I said, these guys are where it's at. They're the heroes They're making the money. They're doing awesome. Everybody wants to see them. Everybody wants their autograph. And what I was running back then was just a regular truck. So I thought I could build a monster truck just like this. So when we got it done in 97, I took it out, debuted it at a couple spots. And some Monster Jam people seen it. And they're like, you want to come run for us? And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. My family's into show cars and, and drag racing and all that stuff. And I was just building something to have fun with. I wasn't looking at a career. I wasn't looking at uh, something that I would be doing full-time or nothing like that. Just something I could do a couple, you know, have some fun with it. And uh, I guess having fun with it is the key because when you're having fun with it, the fans like what they see, and then you can just keep growing from there. So I did a few shows and Monster Jam obviously liked what they seen, so they kept me rolling put me in some bigger stadiums and, and just cut me loose. And, and the first truck was a big learning curve for me. And now we're four trucks and they're all state of the art and we're, we're rocking it.
0: So you had no, no idea, no inclination, uh, 26 years later, you would go down as, as being one of the greatest drivers in the history of sport.
2: <laughs> well, I don't consider myself one of the greatest drivers, but, uh, that's awesome. If you do, I appreciate that. But, uh, no, I honestly, You know, if I would have done two or three shows a year from 97 till now, I think that was what was going to make me happy. But once uh, it started clicking and everything started working, we were having so much fun. It was great that that it just expanded into what it expanded into.
0: Well, for me, no, numbers don't lie. And as a two-time world champion and the only driver to compete in every world finals in, in the same truck in history, that makes you one of the greatest drivers in the history of the sport. And I know that I'm not the only one that thinks that. I'm sure the the young man sitting right next to you probably would agree with me there as well. So, Chris, let's talk about growing up in, in the industry. What was it like for you uh, at such a young age having your dad on the road all the time, You know, trying to, trying to pull these trucks off, trying to, trying to make these trucks and trying to make these events?
1: Um, it was kind of a weird experience for me at first. I mean, obviously, growing up, you love it. You know, that's all I would watch. And like, we, me and my brother would sit down and watch like World Finals videos on, like, little the DVD players, put it in, we rewind it, watch it backwards, watch it forward. We watch it just in and out, everything. We are crazy about it. But since he's been doing it for 26 years before I was even born, it kind of became just like normal to me. Well, I didn't realize like what it really was, you know, it's kind of like, this is just such a normal, this is his normal job. This is normal life. So I think in like the early teenage years, I kind of didn't really um, honestly care for it. I think I kind of grew away from it a little bit. I was looking at like being the thought of like a police officer and stuff. And then I think 16 or 17, it clicked. I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is amazing, you know? And then I started going more, helping out more. And 18 started driving, uh doing a little bit here and there independent stuff, and then the rest is really history. I guess here we are now.
0: Well, there there currently isn't any type of police car truck in the sport. So maybe we could tie both of those together uh at some point in time and just you <laughs> know <laughs> yeah, uh, uh talk a little bit, Chris. Just I know I know uh, as a dad that travels a lot for a living. I know it's a sacrifice, Jim, that you, you had to make for Chris, but Chris, you know, when when your dad was gone on the weekends, you said it was sort of a regular thing for you. Were you ever able to go out with him and, and do some of these events?
1: Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, when I was younger, I would go out a ton, but I wasn't really of much help because I was so little. But it was cool to go out and watch and hang out and kind of just get a feel for the whole thing. And then, like once I got back into it around sixteen and all that, it was I was all hands on. I mean, I was doing everything I could, you know, from little work to big work, everything I knew, kind of learning from there because uh, you, I mean, it, they're super simple trucks once you boil it down, but to learn everything that's on it is it takes quite a while.
2: Yeah, I think the the hardest part when they were younger it was really on my wife having to tote the kids around to all the shows and, and keep an eye on them. Cause when you're running, obviously kids under 18 aren't allowed in the pits. So someone has to take them to the stands. Someone has to take care of them. Someone has to do all that stuff. And they, they went to every world finals back in the early days to watch us run. And, and uh, it was a lot of work, you know, to to run four little kids around while, Everything else was going on, and I'm tied up busy the whole time doing autographs or or doing media spots or testing the truck or fixing the truck. So, you know, it was tough uh, for me, really, not getting to spend a lot of time with them, but uh, in the end, it worked out awesome because now we spend a ton of time together.
1: We were pretty wild kids too. Pretty hard to yeah, they were pretty
2: hard to wrangle. They were pretty out of control. <laughs> yeah, but that always. just goes with being my kids, I would imagine.
0: Oh <laughs> well, the spouses are always the unsung heroes of Monster Jam. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more of Jim and Chris Kohler next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam Powered by Lucas Oil. This week, I'm joined at the Great Clips Hotline by Chris and Jim Kohler in Michigan. So we already talked about the 26 years of Avenger. Let's talk about your anniversary year last year, 25 years of Avenger. It was a big anniversary year for Monster Jam. We had 40 years of Grave Digger, We had 30 years of Monster Jam and then 25 years for Avenger. Uh, Jim, was there a reason why that 25th year anniversary wasn't, uh, wasn't as hyped as the other ones were? Did, did you just... Kind of want to fly a little lower on the radar with that?
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot going on, you know. I mean, I guess I would have been better off if I would have started a year earlier or a year later because then I wouldn't be on the same plateau as the Grave Diggers. (laughs) But uh, really, my 20th anniversary for me was probably a lot better because we debuted my brand-new truck, and I went back to the pickup body for the whole season, and it just kind of was a good season for me. The World Finals there, I went to the Final Four in racing, took third in freestyle. So, I mean, as overall, would have been the overall champion of the world finals if they did an overall for that event. It was it was pretty awesome, you know what I mean? The 25th anniversary was good, but we had so much going on. We were trying to build trucks, take care of uh, fixing the trailers, the semis, and just so much hit us where we couldn't do as much cool stuff as we wanted to do. We had big plans and big ambitions for it. But the time just would not let us make it happen. You know, when you have a a four truck team trying to run as hard and as stellar as we do, it's tough to make all that cool stuff happen. And and we were short on people and short all the way around. So we did do a silver anniversary body at the world finals. And I did bring out uh, for the 25th at the world finals for the pit party. I had like from my very first body that I ran, the S10, the old school dark green all the way through with a ton of different world final body panels and pieces out there. And I brought three of my trucks with Avenger bodies on them. So I kind of, I had my corral and I represented pretty good. It just was tough to do uh, more than we, what we wanted to do. So we did the best that we could with what we had at the time. And uh, maybe the 30th will be uh, will be a better anniversary for me.
0: Chris, now that you've been able to be on the track with your dad uh, every weekend, compete against him, uh, ride with him, talk what are your thoughts on on the legacy that that has been left so far by Avenger? Obviously it's still going, but now that you're involved in that world and you're on the track with with Jim every weekend, what are your thoughts on on the legacy that that truck has made? Not just your dad, you know, your dad is a driver, but Avenger will go down as one of the all-time most popular trucks in the sport.
1: It's crazy. I mean, you see people all the time that you like they aren't even in mantra trucks, and you ask them, you know, if they if they find out you drive or whatever you do, they go, uh, "Oh, have you heard of Grave Digger? Or, oh, have you heard of Max D?" But also they ask, like, "Oh, I know the Avenger. Like, have you heard of the Avenger?" It's it to me. It seems like it's one of the top three most known names because he's been around for so long, been so dominant for so long. So it is cool to me. It's crazy to see like people are like huge fans and they talk about how much they love the Avenger. And then they find out I'm his kid and then it's just, they're just instantly just love me because it's like, Oh, you know, like your dad built this, your dad did that. I mean, your dad's, he, you know, and they'll go on and on about how he's a legend. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's what he's built is insane. Um, to think that he's done it for 26 years and has been to every single world finals, uh, I don't know how he hasn't had any schedule conflicts or anything. The fact that he's even able to just.
2: I just just make my world rotate around Monster Jam. Everything else is second. So there
1: you go. I miss a
2: lot of weddings, a lot of funerals, and a lot of other stuff, but uh, I make the schedule happen.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's all right. There's plenty of weddings to go to. That's right. Mine in 15 years. There you go. (laughs)
0: Coming up next, more with Jim and Chris Kohler. That's all happening right here on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Today, we're joined at the Great Clips Hotline by Jim and Chris Kohler. Let's talk about Team Scream. Not only are you two members, but you also have Joe Foley and Corey Rummel. Jim, I know Corey's been with you for a long time. Talk about Corey's presence as a part of the team, not only as a driver, but a technician as well.
2: Well, the nice thing about Corey is uh, when he came to the team, he was working for other teams, and he had some talents and some knowledge. And he brought stuff to the team that helped us move to the next level. You know, he, he pushed to get us to build new chassis. He pushed to build, you know, a bunch of different stuff. And he's constantly trying to improve things and make things better. So for me, uh, it was awesome when he joined the team. We built his new chassis because um, he, he was actually driving the oldest chassis we had. And he really wanted to push to get a new one. So I said, go ahead. Let's, let's build it. He built it. And uh, I got a chance to drive it in the first year that he had it. And I said, okay, I want one of these. So then we built me one and uh, it's been good ever since. The technology that happens through our shop now is, is pretty stellar.
0: And you also have Joe Foley in his rookie season driving. Axe, how did Joe become a part of Team Scream?
2: So Joe has also worked for other teams out there. And he he had came to me and said that uh, well, he, he actually came to a bunch of team teammates and wanted to become part of our team and then I finally ran into him at a show and he said he was getting out of the business for these other teams so it wasn't like I'd be stealing him if I wanted him to come work and I said well you go to this show where Corey and Brad will be running and if they you help them out and if they like you and they tell you come back to the shop then you got a job if uh if they don't like you then you just go home and they ended up liking him, and and he did good work. So he came and was a crew guy for a good three years now, um, maybe a little bit more than three years. And I gave him some shots to run in the summertime. And so now this is his rookie season as a a Monster Jam driver, and he's a great driver. It's awesome having him on the team for sure.
0: Speaking of rookies, Chris, you're in your rookie season. You're the first Monster Jam rookie to win all three stadium competitions this season. Uh, talk a little bit about your 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 season. I know uh, there there's some controversy there amongst some of the fan base saying that you're not really a, a rookie, but this is your first full stadium series, so you are eligible for rookie of the year. And how did you th- how did you feel it went?
1: Um, well, yeah, I kind of heard the same thing. It's kind of back and forth. Like I have done shows in the past, but then also I've never done a season because of school. So now that I graduated, I'm full time Monster Trucks doing my <laughs> first ever season. So I do get the consideration for rookie i do love it um i think it's my rookie season as well because what i've learned this year i mean in the first three weeks has already topped any experience i've had before you know how how action-packed it is here especially the back-to-back stadium shows and all that san diego san diego and then wherever we went from there but uh it went good i mean brand new truck we just built it so it's uh had its bugs obviously the first half of the year was kind of ran into electrical issues this little bit here a little bit of this a little bit of that kind of just jumping around and what was wrong with the truck just kind of chasing gremlins but um near the second half i think we got it pretty squared away and uh the truck was working with me you know at first it was working against me but once it started working with me we kind of linked up you know like avatar when they connect little tails and um yeah it was just one me and the machine you know we were one we ended up getting quite a few wins we got four um, I would have liked to get an overall. I was close the last show. I just lost to Corey by like a couple points. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the truck's great. The season was great. I was very happy with how it turned out. I mean, the team, the tour we were on was uh, not not easy. It was pretty insane. All the drivers we had. I mean, the amount of talent and that tour alone was it's pretty insane. So to pretty get stacked, four, yeah. yeah, to get four out of that, it's no small feat.
0: Do you feel that you've done enough to win Rookie of the Year?
1: Um, It's tough to say. I mean, I've looked at the other uh, people that are in consideration for the rookie and they've done a lot as well. So I think I have. I mean, it's definitely been a very good year for me um, in terms of wins and just overall consistency. But I mean, it never really is. Sometimes people win the rookie of the year that you wouldn't expect it. And then some people don't that you think deserve it. So you never really do know. Um, I wouldn't walk around telling everybody I'm rookie of the year until I have the actual trophy. But, you know, I'd like to think that I have it pretty sealed.
2: Yeah, it's hard to keep an eye on all them rookies, man, that are out there. And there's a lot of talent in the rookie field that, you know, it's hard to keep an eye on them, what they're doing and how they're, you know, presenting themselves in the field. So it's you never know how that works.
0: Yeah, but Chris, you're the only rookie in Monster Jam that can say you you beat your dad as well as Ryan Anderson and Tyler Menega in the same night. So I think that that should... At least give you a little push there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, not not in racing. Not in, not racing. in racing. His racing. Is yeah. racing against me. He has not beat me once in racing. I went four on him. He did win a racing at Monster Jam at a show, but he didn't race me to get there. Yeah. Well, that was you know, gonna be
0: my next question for you, Jim. How does that make you feel that you know you still have something to hold over your son's head? That you, you he still can't take you in a in a one-on-one racing matchup.
2: Um, right now it's awesome because he did awesome. I I'm proud either way. You know what I mean? When I line up against my teammates, whether it's Corey, Joe, or Chris, I'm happy that one of the team is moving on to the next round. So it takes the pressure off. I, I feel like I want to run them harder than I do anybody else. But at the same time, I am relaxed because the outcome of the race is still a win for the team.
0: Chris, any world finals aspirations for you to feel like you've, you've done enough as a as a rookie to get invited to nashville
1: um that's a tough one too i mean that there's so much more in play than just um how you perform you know it being my uh rookie season it is tougher i think to get in because it's like they don't necessarily i feel like want to bring in certain rookies because it's like i didn't get to pay your dues which that's kind of like the old style mentality which i totally get and respect but then also uh you can't really stop success. I think if someone's doing good, like Weston Anderson last year, I mean, he, he won his tour, you know, he killed it all year as a rookie. How do you, how do you not let him in, you know? And he did go in he did a great job. So um, it is tough to say. I hope I get in. I'd love to represent uh, the team scream as well. And, you know, monster Mott and uh, maybe bring home another one, a bigger one than just a, a small stadium win, bring home a big, uh, big championship. That'd be pretty amazing in the first year, but even just to be there would be an honor, you know, to compete against everybody, all the legends. So I don't know, I guess we'll see.
0: Well, Jim, as far as uh, world finals for you, can fans expect to see uh, another body show up on Avenger?
2: Oh, guaranteed. The fans know how we roll. I mean, whether we're in the show or we're on display, whatever the thing is, we'll have something crazy going on. There's a, a new design. Jamie Garner does a great job of surprising me and doing a great job doing the bodies since uh, he took over for my brother. And uh, they've been awesome, so I can't wait to see it, as long as I know the fans can't wait to see it also.
0: And Speaking of Jamie, you went to Indianapolis. Of course, Jamie, running El Toro Loco, you ran the overboard style Avenger body, which I thought was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I talked to Jamie about that, but I don't want to hear your side of that that story. What what went into that for you to want to pay homage to the hometown guy and Jamie Garner?
2: Well, you know, he was doing my hometown, but being stuck in El Toro, he couldn't run a 57, which would have been awesome to run. have him run in the 57 for doing Detroit. Uh, you know, obviously with Overboard on it, but in the Avenger style. And then for me to do that for him, uh, we're pretty good friends. And the fact that uh, I was running his hometown and he was running mine instead of vice versa was pretty weird. But that's how the tour motto is set up. and. Uh, I I thought it was awesome. I thought the truck looked spectacular. I really always loved that style of body. I used to own one of those as a street truck. When me and Jamie talked about it, I said, you know, this is going to be, people are going to freak out. And we made some fun with it on the internet. You know, as I was buying the overboard team and this was how I was getting it. And (laughs) it was just fun for us. We just want to have fun out there. If we're having fun, running our trucks. That's really all that matters. Cause if we're having fun, the fans are too.
0: Jim, we have about a minute left here. Um, your trucks generally weigh a, a, a little bit more than uh, monster jam, a chassis. Why, why is that? Is that a competitive advantage for you or just something that goes into building them?
2: Uh, I think it's just building them tougher, stronger, which can be a competitive advantage. You know what I mean? When you want to uh, compete at the high level we do, you don't want to have breakage and breakage takes you out of the game. So for us, we have a lot of parts that are bigger, badder, heavier duty. And we didn't really build it on a scale. We built it to what we thought would put up with the Monster Jam uh, style of running. And that's what we did. And it came out the way that it came out. And it can still jump as high as uh, every other truck out there. And it can still do everything else as every truck out there. Sometimes Sometimes higher. Sometimes higher, yeah. So, I mean, I don't see any downside to it at all.
0: Coming up, it's your turn to ask the question. Stay right where you are. Inside Monster Jam Powered by Lucas Oil is next. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam Powered by Lucas Oil. I'm joined by Jim and Chris Kohler. And each week you can get involved in the conversation and stay in the show by asking your questions at Instagram, ScottJordanMJSX. Up first, for Jim, this comes from Pablo Comics. He wants to know what is your favorite World Finals paint scheme and why?
2: So my favorite one is the uh, the old rusty blue with the green fender. I just think it's awesome. I mean, that's my style of vehicle. You find a junkyard find like that, and that's what we call it was a junkyard body. Uh, for me, that is the coolest one. And it's still actually pretty good shape because I didn't accomplish what I wanted to at the world finals with that body. So uh, it's going to stay in good shape. I'll probably never bring that to a competition show again. Like I've been bringing the other bodies. Um, I might show it off, you know, at a car show or something like that, but it is a truly awesome body. Jamie and his crew outdid themselves with the realistic looking rust and it's all airbrushed. It's not a wrap. This is all times, times taken just airbrush and it's, it's awesome.
0: Covenard fan wants to know, Chris, uh, from your rookie season, what was your favorite place to go to?
1: That's tough. Um, Usually my favorite place, I would say, is Arlington. I just love it there. The fans there are great. Just the atmosphere there is awesome. But I think Anaheim might have taken it a little bit because just the people there, I mean, however many shows we did there, not even us, but the other two are, and it's sold out every week. And winning two events in the same night was just it was unreal for me. I mean, just the emotions flowing through that place where to me, it was pretty cool. You know, I had people yelling from the crowd the whole time, just yelling my name and stuff, trying to get my attention. just trying to just even give me this a uh, way back at him and everything. I mean, it was just the people, they were nuts. And then uh, I think SoFi was cool too, to go there for the first time. That stadium is pretty long tunnel. I mean, it's like three times longer than the longest tunnel we do all year, but Besides that, I mean, it's that place is amazing. It's such a big, it's, op- it's weirdly like open but closed stadium. I mean, I loved it there.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store for Team Scream. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. That's all the time we have. I'll see you right here next time on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.